0: Our scripture today comes from Luke 23, beginning with verse 32. Two other men, both criminals, were also let out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, where they crucified him, along with the other criminals, one on his right, the other on his left, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourselves. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. "'Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us.' But the other criminal rebuked him. "'Don't you fear God,' he said, "'since you are under the same sentence? "'We are punished justly, "'for we are getting what our deeds deserve. "'But this man has done nothing wrong.' Then he said, "'Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom.' Jesus answered him, "'I tell you the truth.' Today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, hello, Christ Church and all of our friends joining us today. If you're with us on Facebook, say hello to other friends in the chat and let us know that you're here. If you're on the website, we would love to hear from you too. Send us a prayer request or a praise report. And of course, you can follow along with my outline on the website or the church app. So how are you doing today? How is it with your soul? I suppose you've had your share of challenges or difficulties again this week. You know, none of us are immune from that, even though we do seek to follow Christ. What we do know is that because we follow Him, Jesus is with us in the midst of any storm. Emmanuel God is with us. I pray that you've got your own story of God's faithfulness again in your life. Amen. We're continuing to look at Holy Week, those last days of Jesus' life. What happened? What did it all mean to those first disciples? And what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus today? Remember, Jesus told His earliest disciples in in three of the Gospels... If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. As we look closely at Jesus' life, we get a better picture of what that meant for them and what it means for us today. Remember this following Jesus is not for the faint of heart. One of the things I appreciate about Jesus is that from a very young age, He told his parents in Luke 2.49, I have to be about my father's business. Remember that story? They came for the Passover and on the way home discovered Jesus was missing, only to find him back at the temple being about his father's business. Over time, what did being about his father's business involve? In Jesus' ministry, it meant, one, healing. Through Jesus' healing ministry, the deaf hear, the mute talk, the blind see, the lame walk. Twenty-three different healings are recorded in the gospel. Being about His Father's business also meant teaching. Teaching about the kingdom of God, the Beatitudes, His Sermon on the Mount, His many parables. He told at least 36 different parables. Being about His Father's business included healing, teaching, also sacrifice. Jesus spent 40 days fasting and praying in the desert at the beginning of His ministry. And He had regular times away for prayer because He was aware of the spiritual battle He was in and aware of the suffering and death that awaited Him. In light of all that, even to the very end, Jesus was still being about His father's business. So Sunday, the triumphal entry, was a day of celebration and anticipation. Monday of Holy Week, his cleansing the temple, was a day of strong emotions, focus on prayer. Tuesday was a day of teaching. The people loved him, the leaders questioned him. Wednesday, remember, was a day of preparation. Time alone, getting ready for what was to come. Thursday, His Last Supper was a time of fellowship and remembering. He initiated a new sacred act, Holy Communion. After Judas's betrayal, Friday was a day of treachery and injustice. Early in the morning, there was a trial with trumped-up charges that didn't stick. Finally, Caiaphas, the high priest, asked Jesus... Are you the Christ, the Son of God? And Jesus told him, It is as you say. Well, they considered Jesus' words blasphemy, irreverence and desecration of God's revelation of Himself. So they sent Him to Pilate, again with false, trumped-up charges, to have Him condemned. Pilate recognized that Jesus was innocent, but rather than do the right thing and release Him, He eventually caves in order to satisfy the crowd. It's a grave injustice. Jesus is turned over to be crucified. We know that later that Friday, Jesus was crucified and died on the cross. First, He was flogged, a terribly cruel infliction of pain that ripped the flesh of those whipped across the back. Some people didn't survive flogging. He was humiliated and mocked by the soldiers with a crown of thorns and a purple robe. And then he was forced to carry a 100-pound cross piece to Golgotha, the place of the skull, and was then hung on that cross between two thieves. All of this as an eternal reminder of the depth of God's love for you and me. What can be said about the cross? The Roman cross was an instrument of tortuous death. Write tortuous in the chat. It was used when they wanted to make an example of someone. Rebels, murderers, insurrectionists. They used crucifixion to intimidate others, to fear their power. This is what happens when you cause trouble. After carrying the crossbeam to Golgotha, Jesus' wrists and feet were nailed to that cross. Crucifixion involved excruciating pain. Eventually, you suffocate because of inability to exhale air once it's been inhaled. Muscles of the chest are incapacitated. As you sag down from the nailed wrists, and then attempt to push up from the nailed feet, often legs were broken to speed the process. That was not needed in Jesus' case. He died that day, but not before a soldier pierced his side in John's account to make sure that he was dead. In John nineteen thirty six through 37 we read, "...these things happened so that the Scripture would be fulfilled." No one of his bones will be broken. That was Psalm 3420. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. That was from Zechariah 1210. In fact, there were some 55 Old Testament prophecies fulfilled in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. That's remarkable. And that's credible evidence of the hand of God upon Jesus' life. Someone has said Jesus' crucifixion between two criminals was God's indictment on humanity. Luke 23, 32 reads, Two other men, both criminals, were also let out with Him to be executed. Jesus, hanging there, God's Son, without sin, completely innocent, like a lamb, before the slaughter, hanging there between two thieves. How does it happen? It happens because of who we are. Get this. The most religious people on the planet at that time chose to have him crucified. It's a picture of how religion goes bad sometimes. Religious people can get it wrong. And in an empire where the rule of law and justice was most cherished, how can an innocent man be flogged and then crucified? It's a picture of how a justice system can go astray sometimes. People in power can abuse it. O Lord, help us walk in love, grace, and truth of your Holy Spirit in our faith and help us pursue justice and righteousness and peace in our society, recognizing that we are imperfect people who can get it wrong. O Lord, we need your Holy Spirit at work in hearts and lives or our democratic social institutions don't work very well. Well, Jesus hanging on that cross between Two thieves is a reminder of our flaws, of what we are capable. That's the story of the whole Old Testament. In Genesis, remember, Adam and Eve disobeyed God and then tried to hide it. We all do that. We sin and then try to cover it up. In Noah's time, the whole world had grown corrupt and morally bankrupt, and God wasn't happy. Can that happen? Scripture indicates it can. In the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, God's chosen people sometimes obeyed, but often they did not. What is it about human beings that we rebel and insist on our own way? Jesus hanging there on the cross is God saying to all of humanity, look at yourselves. Look at what you have done. I know many people don't like the image of Jesus hanging on the cross, but God has His reasons. They can take it up with Him. In our text, one of the criminals railed at Jesus. This criminal represents the voice of rebellion. You could write rebellion in the chat. He joined in with the other mockers of Jesus that day. Luke 23, 39 reads, One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. The truth is, Jesus' purpose that day was greater than saving Himself. He would come to save the world, and that would require His death. If we're following Jesus, our purpose is also greater than to simply save ourselves. We, too, take up the call to try to save others. So, we share our faith. We shine the light. We deny ourselves. We sacrifice for others. Do we know Christ followers like that? Martin Luther King, Jr. listened to and practiced Jesus' law of love in response to other people's hate. Mother Teresa understood that in caring for the poorest of the poor in India, she was actually taking care of Jesus. Chuck Colson, the convicted Nixon White House felon, took the gospel of Jesus Christ into prisons, offering the salvation and new life that he had found to other prisoners just like him in need. There are always those who berate Christ's followers as do-gooders and hypocrites. But we understand that every day we have the choice of deciding who we're going to listen to. Whose voice are we going to follow? We can join the voice of rebellion, the voice of that first thief on the cross, rail at God, rail at others, be bitter and angry, or we can live for the higher purpose Jesus pointed us to to love God and to love others and to reflect God's glory and to help and even save others along the way. Another criminal that day represented the voice of remorse and repentance. You could write repentance in the chat. The second man acknowledged his sin and acknowledged Jesus' innocence. He didn't join the mockers He admitted his shortcomings, and and he talked to Jesus with remorse and humility. Luke 23, 40, and 41 reads, But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you're under the same sentence? And it was a sentence of death. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. We earned our punishment, but this man, he has done nothing wrong. This is the voice of humility, remorse, reason, repentance. With open eyes, even the vilest of sinners can see the light of Christ. At the point of death, this man could see Jesus, who he was, and he could also see that he had need. That's all that God requires, an open heart and recognition of our need. Remember the woman at the well in John 4? She had relationship problems. She had been married five times and was living unmarried with a man then. Aren't we glad the grace and mercy of God is deep and wide? Jesus knew all about her relationship problems and told her so, but still offered her living water that springs up to eternal life. Remember the man with the demon-possessed son? He had a faith problem. He wondered if Jesus could help his son. And when Jesus told him everything is possible to him who believes, the man told Jesus, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Do you ever find yourselves relating to that? Well, Jesus did help him. He helped him overcome his unbelief, and he healed his son as well. Remember Zacchaeus, the tax collector? He had a greed problem because collecting taxes for the Romans was hard and a thankless job. He had authority to keep any extra that he collected. It was tempting to overcharge people, but Jesus changed his heart. After Jesus had simply visited in his home, Zacchaeus declared, I want to give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, I want to pay back four times the amount. Aren't we glad Jesus shows us the amazing grace and mercy of God? The second man on the cross expressed faith and asked Jesus for mercy. This man, being crucified alongside Jesus, recognized his need and went out on a limb with Jesus, believing Jesus could help. Luke 23, 42 reads, Then he said, Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He expressed faith and asked Jesus for mercy, and Jesus extended it. Even during his death on the cross... Jesus extended forgiveness. What an amazing part of the gospel story. In Luke 23, 43, we read, Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. No matter how far from God we have been, there is no point at which we are too far gone. The key is to recognize our need And to cry out to Jesus. So, where are you today? What is the point of your need? What is your signature sin? Perhaps hatred or jealousy or bitterness. Maybe envy, anger, unforgiveness. Perhaps lust or gossip or slander. Is it pornography or theft or greed? We all have our shortcomings. And yet, even in the face of His accusers, His enemies, those who plotted and executed His death, Jesus was able to say this, Father, what? Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. So what does Jesus' death on the cross mean for you today? Well, first of all, it shows the depth and the breadth of our depravity, our sin. Jesus hanging on that cross represents the extent to which all of us, all human beings, can go. Our pride and blindness, our compromise and short-sightedness, our cruelty and sadism, our selfishness and degradation are the same things that put Jesus on that tree. The cross reminds us of how far in sin we go. It also shows us the depth and the breadth of God's love for us. How far He is willing to go. The story of the Old Testament is the story of Israel's on-again, off-again relationship with God. It's not a pretty story. There's a lot of heartache, struggle, and pain. When the people of God turn away from God's covenant love. The story of the New Testament of God's love for the whole world expressed in the life and death of His Son, Jesus Christ, it too is not always a pretty picture. Jesus' life was a beautiful expression of God's love for the world. Jesus hanging on that cross is a terrible reminder of how far off our sin and rebellion can lead. I understand why some in our world don't want to look at the cross or emphasize the cross. We don't like what it implies, that we are steeped in sin and in need of a Savior. Instead, some say, let's just emphasize the spark of divinity in all of us and avoid that biblical notion of sin and separation and help each other just be awakened. But that's not The revelation God has provided. The scriptures of the Old and New Testament tell us that though God has created us in His image, our sin separates us from God. You could write separates in the chat. And therefore, we need a Savior. And God provided. He Himself became one of us and went willingly to the cross. That's the heart of our gospel story. It's not the story the disciples had anticipated. It's not the story the Jewish leaders saw coming either. But it's the gospel story God has given us. It's truly an amazing story. You could write amazing in the chat. Remember, Even in the ugliness and brutality of that cross, we see a stunning expression of God's love. It's not a pretty picture, but it's the one God has given us. On that Friday, God's story didn't seem to be ending well. But as well we all know, He had another chapter yet to tell. We'll talk about that next time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, Jesus' death on the cross was a torturous death of an innocent, sinless man. It was the result of religion that was blind and power that was corrupt. This cross is a reminder of how far we missed the mark, how deep our need really is. Lord, help us to have eyes to see. Help us to have a heart of humility and repentance not a heart of pride and rebellion. Help us to run to you for our salvation and then encourage others to do the same. There's good news for all people at the heart of our faith. At the center of that story is a cross. It's a reminder that you, God, love the whole world and that Jesus died even for me. We love you, God. Help us to continue to consider what does it mean to... Deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hey, I hope the message spoke to you today. Though Jesus' death was torturous and unjust, it reminds us of our deepest need for forgiveness and salvation. If you have questions about the message, let me hear from you. If you'd like to visit more about having this new life in Jesus Christ, I would love to visit with you about that too. Maybe you joined us today and you have prayer requests or praise reports. Send them to us. We want to hear from you. Use the app or go to the website. Has God been blessing your life? You know, giving back is a tangible way to thank God for His goodness. You can use text to give, the app, You can go to the website or mail in contributions. Your generosity is a tremendous blessing for us. Thank you. Be sure to take advantage of our discipleship opportunities and find all the information you need on our website, cumctulsa.com. God bless you today. Remember, Jesus willingly suffered death on the cross for you. Look forward to these upcoming opportunities. For now... What signature sins or shortcomings do you need to lay down at the foot of Jesus' cross? Hey, Brittany. Hey, Lisa. So I was reading the other day and I read that by law, you have to turn on your headlights if it's raining in Sweden. And I'm thinking, how do I know if it's raining in Sweden? (laughs) We have many options for Easter worship. Beginning at 6.30 a.m., Dr. Mansfield at my Conacher will lead a sunrise service at LaFortune Park. At 9.30 and 11 a.m., we will also have a wonderful Easter worship experience in person and online that will feature outstanding instruments, beautiful singing, and powerful message about our hope in Jesus Christ. Our Tenebrae service held on Good Friday includes worship music, scripture readings, and a gradual extinguishing of candles. The increasing darkness symbolizes the approaching darkness because of Jesus' death and hopelessness in the world without God. The night of worship begins April 2nd at 7 p.m. in the sanctuary and online as we remember Christ's sacrifice for our sin and salvation. Maundy Thursday commemorates Jesus' Last Supper, the final Passover meal with his disciples. During that meal, Jesus instituted a new sacrament for us to use in remembrance and celebration of his love and sacrifice for us. Join us online Thursday, April 1st at 7 p.m. as we also observe Holy Thursday. You can find all of this information and more on our website, cumctulsa.com.